Hey, this is Pastor Jeremy from Awakened Church here in Sebring, Florida. I hope you enjoy this week's message. All right, let's go for it. Mark chapter 2, verse 13. He went out again beside the sea, and all the crowd was coming to him, and he was teaching them. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. And as he reclined at table in his house, many, okay, just making sure you're paying attention. Tax collectors and sinners were reclining with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. And the scribes of the Pharisees, when they saw that he was eating with sinners and said to his disciples, with tax collectors and sinners. All right, good. And when Jesus heard it, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners, sinners. So the gospel of Mark chapter two, and we are moving along in the gospel of Mark. And um, this week we're actually visiting a passage that we had, we had talked about Matthew way back in the chosen series. And we actually, anybody remember that video clip from back in... Okay, nobody. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> we did show it a few months back, but um, so we're talking about Matthew this week, and there's a few points I want us to draw out from there, and this is where we're going to start. We're going to start in the middle, and then, so we're starting with the middle of the sandwich, if you can think of it this way. Um, I don't know if you, could, you guys, what kind of sandwich do you like, Sebastian? What's your favorite sandwich? A hot dog? Okay, well, this, okay we'll, we'll let that pass for a sandwich. <laughs> so, all right, so we're going to start with the hot dog, and then we're going to add the bun for the hot dog, which would be the verses surrounding the hot dog. Okay. <laughs> so we're starting with the hot dog right here, okay? So this is, this is verse 16. Let's read it. I'm going to read it, and then the, the word that is in bold black, I want you to shout it out. And the scribes of the Pharisees, when they saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, said to his disciples, does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? That was their why. The Pharisees asked why. So I want to talk about just a second the importance of your why. The importance of your why. And we're going to also talk about purpose over performance and physicians, not Pharisees. So the importance of your why. The importance of your why. I was talking to a church planner friend this week, and and he said, you know, Jeremy, he was going through some different things uh, with his church. Um, and he said, you know, Jeremy, when people get tired, it's usually not that people are tired it's just that they've lost their why. They've lost their why. Like why, it's not that our bodies can't get tired physically because they do get tired physically. Um, I'm tired every single Sunday. <laughs> and those who set up are tired every single Sunday, right? Um, but think back to the beginning, right? Think back to the beginning, especially of, of let's just bring it down to our context, of Awakened Church. What made you get up in the morning? What made you uh, lose sleep? Think of your why. Why did you do it? What 
made you, for those of you who came to the backyard back in those days, what made you come to the backyard? What made you transition to, to the other place we were meeting at before here? And then what made you here? Like, what, what was your why? What drew you to Awaken Church? Why? Why would you come to church in a movie theater? Just, just think about it. Why would you move from Ohio to Florida? Why? Why would some of you, you left other churches to come here? Some of you weren't going to any other church before you came here. What was your why? Everybody say why. Why, why, why? So the Pharisees, they used to have a pretty good why. The Pharisees actually started off with a really good why. See, back whenever the Greeks were taking over uh, Jewish territory, the, the Greeks were enforcing all of their customs and their culture, their way of life, their beliefs, their language, their dress, their everything about their worship, everything the Greeks were trying to force on the Jewish community. And so the Pharisees arose as a group that was separating themselves from the Greek culture. And so that's what Pharisees actually are. They're separatists. And they started out with a good why, because they were grounded in the word of God. They knew that God didn't like some of the things that the Greek culture was imposing and things they were doing. They started out with a good why. But over time, their why drifted off into so many other things. And their why became so many what's and what's and what's. What can we do to please God, and they made so many different laws. What should we do in this instance? What should we do here? And all this, not that those what's weren't necessary, it's not that the what's were all bad, but it's just that you have to have a proper why, and you have to always realize your why before you get into all of these different what's. Does that make any sense? It's, it's, um, it's a fact that organizations who, who lose their why will eventually crumble and fall because you just get wrapped up in, the, in, in doing things and you don't understand why you're even doing them. You can just, you can just go through the motions like, like if your boss only tells you, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, and you have no idea why you're even doing it. You get disconnected from the why. You're doing a lot of what's, but you are slowly dying because you don't understand your why. See, you can die if you don't understand your why. That rhyme, that's pretty good, right? So you can die if you don't understand your why. Awakened church will die if we don't understand our why. Yeah, true, shake your head like this. Yeah, my family will die if we don't understand our why. Your family will die if you don't understand your why. You won't keep pursuing the things of God if you don't understand your why. You will quit your job if you don't understand your why. If you can't connect the why with what you're doing, you're not going to last or else you may keep doing it, but you'll have no life doing it. You'll be walking around dead without any purpose. See, it's purpose over performance. The Pharisees had a lot of good performance. Man, they, they, I was reading something the other day that you would always know if there was a Pharisee walking through town because they would stop. And then if, if a Pharisee stopped, like uh, everything else, everybody else stopped around them. If a Pharisee stopped, uh, they would stop and they would pray. And, and then everybody else, nobody could do anything else until the Pharisee was done 
prostrating himself in prayer. (laughs) They had a lot of good what's, but they were disconnected with their why because as we read a second ago, Jesus, the very presence of God, came in their midst and they were like, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? They had become so divorced or so disconnected from their why. So here's here's what I wanted to share with you. Here's here's our why in our local context here. Here's our why to raise up a house of prayer that worships Jesus and seeks him for revival in our city. Our why, why do we exist? Why are we here? Why do we get up in the morning? Why do you come to worship? Why do we do what we do? This is why, to raise up a house of prayer that worships Jesus and seeks him for revival in our city. And then all of these different things, they have to be connected to this why. Why do you do kids' ministry? Because you are teaching kids to worship Jesus. That's why. Why do you come to a small group? Because you are learning to worship Jesus. Why are you on the the worship team? Because you are learning what it means to pray and worship Jesus. Why why does the tech team do what they do? Because you're preparing a place, raising up a house that worships Jesus and seeks him for revival in our city. Why Why are there elders and trustees? Because we believe and we are engaged in worshiping Jesus and seeking him for revival in our city. Why are there compassionate ministries? Because you are worshiping Jesus and you believe that you can pray, you can seek him for revival in our city. Why is there prophetic ministry and words of knowledge? Because we are worshiping Jesus and believing him to raise up a house of prayer here. Why is there hospitality? Why is it important to have hospitality, coffee, water, and be kind to people? Because we worship Jesus. All right, why are there greeters when you come in? Because we are raising up a house of prayer that worships Jesus. Why is there a youth ministry? Because the youth, the teens, are learning to worship Jesus. Why is there outreach? Because we are learning to worship Jesus. And you can fill in all of the rest. Why do we set up? Why do we get here early? Why do you pull a trailer? Why, 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 why? Because we are here to raise up a house of prayer that worships Jesus and seeks him for revival in our city. That is why. And if I was creative enough, I would have drawn lines from every one of those. That is your why. Never, we can never drift from this. This is why. This is why. This is why Benny said, I'm, I'm in for the late nights and the early mornings. A year later, here we are, baby. <laughs> this, is our, this is our why. This is our why. Everybody say why. <laughs> this is our why. And I wondered about our why. We had already made the trip here before I could really, really, we had already moved here before I really understood our why. And it wasn't until we were in the valley and Melvina had COVID and we were struggling through that, both of us actually. And during the beginning of COVID in 20, and then the Lord spoke that why to us. This is why you are here. This is why we're going to put the emphasis, put emphasis on these different things up on the board. And, 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 and this is why we do what we do. Everybody shake your head like this. Yes. This is why. This is why. This is why. All right. All right. 
Now, we have to look at Levi so we don't lose our why. If you've lost your why, we're going to look at Levi. Everybody say, Levi. Elbow the person next to you and say, Levi. Not too hard. Don't elbow Annabelle too hard, Matteo. Come on. All right. We're going to look at Levi. So he went out again, Jesus, beside the sea, and all the crowd was coming to him, and he was teaching them. And as he passed by, he saw the son of Alphaeus sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, follow me, and he, and, all right. So Levi means uh, unite or bring together. It also means to, to accompany Right? Whenever, uh, whenever Levi was born, um, his mom named him uh, Levi because he, she wanted her husband's help. <laughs> and all the wives say, amen. Yeah, we need this. <laughs> but that's why she named Levi, because she wanted her husband's help to help her with the children. She was like, now that I have three, I need somebody to help me. <laughs> Amen. Now that we have three, <laughs> we need a lot of help, right? But that's why, that's why she named him Levi, was because she needed help. She wanted somebody to come alongside her. She needed some togetherness. She needed to be united with her husband, and so she named the child Levi. Now, as Levi, um, uh, we could say, kind of um, progressed, in, and then we have the tribe of Levi in the Bible. The tribe of Levi in the Bible, they were priests. Everybody say priests. They were set apart to be priests to God. <laughs> they were set apart to bring together the people to God. Everybody shake your head like this. They were set apart. The tribe of Levi were set apart to bring the people to God. They were ordained with a specific purpose. They were purposed to represent the people before God, to come into the presence of God. They were actually the original setup team, the tribe of Levi. They were the ones who carried the ark and carried the pieces of the tabernacle and set up a place for the people to meet with God, the tribe of Levi. The tribe of Levi was super zealous. In fact, whenever Jacob, um, Jacob, whenever Jacob was dying, he actually cursed the anger or the zealousness of Levi and said that he would be scattered, his descendants would be scattered all over. And they sure were. But they had a zealousness, and uh, um, we, could, we, we would translate it now to almost being this holy sort of anger, this zealousness for bringing about what they were supposed to bring about, for bringing about what God wanted them to bring about. These were the priests. This was Levi. Everybody say Levi. Now, now Levi is also Matthew. Everybody say Matthew. Matthew. Or you could say Matteo. <laughs> All right, so Matthew, the gospel of Matthew is actually the only gospel that translates Levi as Matthew, and most scholars believe they're the same person, but, but Matthew is, is the Greek form of the Hebrew name Levi. And so what Matthew means is gift of God, gift of God. So you have Levi sitting in a tax, tax booth, His name means bring together. His name means unite. But as Levi is there, he is separate from all of his kindred. (laughs) He's separate from all of his kinfolk. He's separate from the very people that he was ordained by name to bring before God. He was separate. He was set apart in a tax booth, and he was hated. He was a traitor. Everybody considered him as a traitor. 
Tax collectors and sinners, they were together. There was no difference in the ancient Hebrew mind between a tax collector and a sinner. Same thing. Pharisees couldn't, wouldn't eat with them. <laughs> you wouldn't even um, walk along the same road with them hardly. Like they, you, you, you definitely had no dealings with tax collectors because they were cheaters. Cheaters. His name means bring together, and yet he was being separate. So along walks Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. He walks along seeing Levi, who had forgotten perhaps his own reason for existence. He had forgotten his why. Levi had forgotten his why. If you've lost your why, just look at Levi. Because here's here's what Jesus does. He passes him by. He passes by, but then he takes a pause, right? So here's what I want you to see. The beautiful part about this is that Jesus passes by and he sees Levi. He sees us when we lose our why. Jesus knows it. He sees it. He sees us when we're not functioning according to our why. He sees us when we're not living up to his his purpose, his potential for our life. He sees us because he doesn't want us to die without our why. That's a good point, Jeremy. I know. He wants us, check this out, he wants us to die because of our why. Which later, Levi actually would die as a martyr for a church that he planted. But this is after Jesus passed by. Jesus passed by, he sees Levi in his tax booth, and what does he say? Follow me. Follow me. That's what he says to Levi. Everybody say, follow Everybody say me. So now look at this. Check it out. I want everybody's eyes on me, eyes on me, eyes on me. So he sees Levi very detached from his why, separate, apart, just going through motions, cheating people, living for himself, detached from his very why from God. Jesus sees him, calls him to follow him. But the most beautiful part about that is the very name Matthew. So he sees us as we aren't getting it in life. He sees us as we're, as, as a church, sometimes as we don't get it. He sees us and he lets us know, hey, Levi, hey, Matthew, you're a gift. You're the gift of God. There's value in you. There's value that's, that's, that, that I have, I've seen value in you. Even when you've lost your why, look, I'm looking at you and I'm speaking to you. And so I want you to know that you have immense value. Even if you've lost your why and you've just been going through the motions, you, you have immense value to me and I'm speaking to you. I want to impart truth to you. And can you think about it that the very God of all of the earth, the one who flung the stars and the one who calls out every star by name, he knew Matthew and he saw him being detached from his purpose and he calls him. He sees the hated one, the one who is cheated, the one who is far, far away from him. And he says, hey, you follow me. You have tremendous value. You are a gift of God. Isn't that amazing? That it's not too late to recover our why. Don't you understand? It's not too late to recover our why. Somebody ought to shout with that one. Because it's not too late to recover your why. It's not too late. It's not too late if you've been going through the motions at church or in your job or wherever it is. It's not too late to recover your why. It's not too late. Because Jesus' presence is passing by. 
And as his presence passes by, he pauses just long enough to speak to us and impart value to us. I see you, you are valuable. I don't want you to die without your why. I want you to die because of your why. (laughs) I want you to give it all for my sake. Come on. All right. Now, the last thing, Jazz, could you come up on the keys for me real real quick? Um, The last point is this. There's a call for collectors. The call for collectors. Now, you you may not be a tax collector in the room, like Mateo. Well, we have one here, I guess. <laughs> but we've all been pretty good at collecting in our life. Um, there's, there's one verse in particular that says we've all collected a lot of sins. <laughs> we've all sinned. Everybody say amen. We've all sinned. And so we all fall short of God's glory. That's what scripture says. We've all been pretty good at collecting sins. And so right where we are, just as we are, Jesus passes by, he passes our way, and he pauses. And he calls out to us. Omar, Joaquin, Sebastian, Mateo, Annabelle, Leilani, Dante, Reynaldo, Jimmy, Selena, Malvina, Dana, Roman, any other kids in the room? Not that all those I named were just kids. All right, don't you? But everybody, hey, he says, follow me. I know you've been collecting sins. You've been accumulating all of this wrong in your life. All of these things that offend me, but here I am pausing in front of you. I say you're valuable. Because the presence of Jesus <laughs> pauses where you are, check it out, you're valuable. Not only that, because, because later as Matthew was following him, they would see, he would see the same Jesus that said, follow me. He would see him nailed to a cross. Hey, you're valuable. And then they would, he would find out that the same Jesus who was nailed to a cross rose from the grave. Hey, you're valuable. You don't have to walk around. You don't have to stay in the same place you are collecting sins. Hey, I want you to collect souls. I want you to be united with me as a kingdom of priests. Here's how it's all coming together. I want you to be a kingdom of priests. You have direct access to me. And come on, let's go ahead and collect souls for my kingdom because you are valuable to me. I paused here just for a minute, Matthew, so you can understand your value. And just so we're so, so clear this morning, Your why is not a what. Your value doesn't come from what you do. Your why isn't what you do. Man, your why, see, see, Jesus invited Matthew, he invited Levi to him. Follow me. That was Levi's new why, right? 
That was his why. You are invited to the person of Christ. You are invited invited to the Son of God. You are invited to the crucified and risen one. You are invited to the one who spoke the world into existence. You are invited to follow this one. He is your why, and he is why we exist to worship him. It's all about him. So don't ever be confused that your ministry isn't about what you do, but it's about who you worship. It's not about connecting cables. It's about Jesus. I worship Jesus, and so I connect cables. I worship Jesus, so I'm going to hit some keys. I worship Jesus, so I do this. It's an invitation to someone, not something. Come on. It's someone, not something. Because I'm going to get tired of doing something. I will get tired of preaching, believe it or not. I will get tired. I will get tired of playing the guitar. I will. If it's just about something. But if it's about someone. I'm dying for my why. And that's what they tell you in church planning school that I never went to. You have to be willing to die where you plant your church. But it's not for you. If it's for you, I can't shepherd you. But if it's for him, I'll be here. We'll be here together worshiping him. Amen? It's got to be to him. To him, for him, with him. Because Jesus could only have the mission that he did to call the sick because he was here for a greater glory, the glory of his Father. I don't seek my own glory, he would say. I think that's kind of offensive. He wasn't here for me. He was here because his father called him. And yes, he loves you. But if he was only here because of the people, then he would have rose on their applause and died. Or he would have have just rose and fell with however the people felt that particular day. But no, he was here for his father. And so he had a mission. He had a why. And then he had a what? Yeah. Does that make sense? He had a why. And then he had a what? So what's your why? Why do you do youth ministry? Why do you want words of knowledge and prophetic ministry? Why would you ever sign up to make coffee? Why would you ever hold a sign as a greeter? Why would you get up in ungodly hours of the morning to come? Why? It's for him. It's to him. And it has to be. Here's what I know. Check this out. Just speaking from my heart. Anything that can go wrong will go wrong on Friday and Saturday. It will. There's people that you are talking to and inviting to church, wanting to see them experience this. And guess what? There is a train wreck that happens, especially leading up to Sunday. 
Everything is trying to keep you from doing, from coming here because they don't got, because the enemy doesn't want you to discover your why. He does not want you to discover your why. He doesn't want other people to discover their why because he can't take a why. <laughs> he can't take your why. How else, why else could the, the apostles and other martyrs throughout history die? Because they had a why and the enemy could not take their why. I want to let you know, man. The enemy can't take your why. You can get tired of your what, but he can't take your why. I want to challenge you right now. I want to challenge you right where you are. Bow your heads with me. If you've had trouble, this is just me looking on. If you've had trouble with your why lately, just raise your hand. You've had trouble with your why. You've had some things mixed mixed up. You've been tired of doing things. And now you've discovered it's because of your why. Anybody like that? Raise your hand. Yeah. You've had trouble with your why. I just want to pray for you. Jesus, thank you that you are our why. You are our why. You're the why of our families. You're the why of our marriage. Why stay faithful? You. (laughs) You're the why of our parenting. It's you. You're the why of our job. It's you. You're the why of every ministry department here. It's you. You are why we exist. You are why we exist. You just tell them, tell them, you are my why. You are my why. You, Jesus, in my most tired moment, you are my why. When I need a break, you are my why. <laughs> when, when I've lost everything, you are my why. You are the why that I'm willing to die for. You are my why. You are why we've planted a church here in the soil of Sebring, Florida. You are the why. You are the why that my family has sold out to be here. You are the why. It's not Jeremy. It's not Melvina. It's not their family. You are our why. You are our why. You are my why. It's not the compliments. It's not the criticism. You are my why. It's not the hard times. It's not the good times. You are my why. You are my why. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message. Please subscribe to our podcast and share it with a friend. And if you're ever in the Sebring, Florida area, make sure to come check us out at b Theaters every Sunday morning at 10 a.m.